Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. Join Eric as he shares his experience and real-life case studies, interviews guests, and answers your questions about personal injury law. The information Eric shares will help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 27-year personal injury attorney, and this is the podcast where we try to break down personal injury law matters and issues into a simple, easy to understand ideas to help people that might be facing some sort of a personal injury claim, understand the process and know what their rights are, know what to expect when dealing with insurance companies and make sure no mistakes are made. So glad you found us. Again, you might be dealing with an issue yourself, or you might just be along to listen. But either way, I hope you find the information I present here useful and valuable uh, in your life. So without further ado, today we are discussing minor settlements. And no, that doesn't mean we're talking about small settlements. What we're talking about are personal injury claims that involve minors. That is, in Missouri, somebody that's under the age of 18. So when you are under the age of 18 and you get hurt at the fault of someone else and you have a claim against them for those injuries, you as a minor cannot bring the claim yourself. You have to have a representative. Now, generally speaking, that representative is going to be a parent. The It would be a really unusual situation where a minor child has a personal injury claim and it's not the parent that's going to pursue the claim for them. It does exist if for some reason the child is uh, emancipated or is in some other way not connected with their natural parents, then a person would be put in place for them. But regardless, what you have to take away here is that a minor child cannot pursue a claim on their own. They have to have an adult. And when a minor child has a claim, that adult is put into place to pursue the claim for them. And eventually, when there is a settlement, then a court, a judge, will have to approve the settlement. So there's a couple of layers 
to a minor settlement situation. Having said that, it depends on how much is involved. So in Missouri, if the total settlement is under $35,000, then court approval is not required. But the money that is the minors out of the settlement does have to be put into a special account. So a parent cannot just work with an insurance company, get a settlement, and take the money. The lawmakers have put in place a structure so that a child's claim and any resulting compensation they are to receive will be protected for them at the appropriate time. The appropriate time is when they turn 18. When a minor turns 18, the money is theirs. So if it's been put into a special account at the age of 18, they get the money. Now, if the settlement is over $35,000, then court approval has to occur. You have to go to court. You have to put on some evidence. The judge hears the terms of the settlement. Here's the circumstances surrounding the claim. Here's that the representative understands what they're doing, understands that they have certain obligations with regards to the minor and the minor's money. And if the judge is satisfied that everything is fair and on the up and up and makes sense, the judge will approve the settlement. If for some reason something doesn't add up, then they may have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to correct the issues the judge has with this proposed settlement. So again, a minor's settlement on a personal injury claim is not like an adult's. Obviously, an adult, again, someone 18 or older, which, you know, as an aside here, we probably can largely agree that most 18-year-olds probably aren't the best at judging all the things that go into resolving a personal injury claim. But the law says when you're 18, you can then handle your own legal affairs. So when it comes to a child, a teenager that is injured, you have to begin by looking at the claim just like you would with an adult. So, for example, if it's a car accident and the child was hurt in that car accident, or if it was a dog bite and the child was hurt 
from some type of a dog attack or if it was some sort of dangerous condition of property and the child was hurt because of that, whatever it might be, the claim still has to be put together just like you would for an adult. So you have to figure out who's responsible. You have to figure out what kind of medical situation this child is facing, what kind of medical treatment they're going to have, things like that. They probably aren't going to have lost wages. However, if a parent has lost time from work caring for their child, running them to appointments, whatever that looks like, the parent very well has a claim for their lost wages. But you have to go about putting this claim together just like you would with an adult. And so it starts at the beginning, just like any other injury claim. You have to remember you're dealing with an insurance company and don't be fooled that there's going to be any sympathy there for a child. The insurance company, as I always say, Dr. Evil, that's my affectionate nickname for the insurance companies. They do exist to make money. They do have one goal, which is to pay as little as they have to on a claim. So all the same rules that I've discussed in prior episodes apply. You've got to be careful. you got to make sure you're doing the right things. If the child is hurt, the child needs to be getting medical care. And one of the things that also comes into play with a child, because they are so young, if for some reason they have an injury that could potentially affect them for the rest of their life, you're going to need to establish that medically to make sure that's been accounted for in any settlement. So for example, if let's just say a child has a really serious injury, whether it's a, you know, some serious broken bone Um, unfortunately we see burned children again, dog bites, you know, there can be scarring, things like that. Things that might require future medical care, whether again, if there's a burn or a dog bite, I mean, we've had children bitten in the face, they've had scarring and as a child, they're still too young to really have any plastic surgery intervention. Most plastic surgeons are going to want to wait quite a few years later after they're done growing to then look about uh, treating those scars, doing scar revisions, again with burns, same thing. You know, if there's a an ability to work on scar revisions, Those are usually going to come down the road. Sometimes if it's a broken bone, let's say hardware has been put into their body um, to repair the broken bone. You know, there's always the question of whether or not that hardware at some point is going to have to come out. 
And again, the problem is when you're dealing with a child, right? Let's say you're dealing with a five-year-old child. Well, there's a lot of life ahead of them. And you've got to make sure you're getting medical opinions about what they might need in the future, what's reasonably certain to be needed. Now, you can't just try and speculate and, you know, certainly you can't do it on your own. You, As a parent, you know, you would like to just make sure the medical is always going to be open for anything they might need. But you just can't make that argument to the insurance company and they're going to be like, well, sure, we're just going to keep this open for the rest of this kid's life. It generally doesn't happen that way. Unfortunately, there are time limitations in place. So at some point, a settlement has to occur. Money has to be allocated for any potential future medical treatment that might be needed. So you need to make sure that the child is getting evaluated by the appropriate medical people to give you some idea, a medical basis, if you will, to what future medical care is going to be reasonably expected down the road. And that's where a lot of times a personal injury lawyer, if they're representing the minor and the minor's, again, more than likely parent, on this claim, they're going to make sure the child gets evaluated for any possible future medical needs. There are doctors and nurses that hold themselves out as life care planners. And a life care planner essentially goes through all of the treatment that has occurred, the injury and looks at everything and then comes up with a medical plan that very well is going to be needed in the future to address injuries, issues coming down someday, right? I mean, it could be 10, 20, 30 years, whatever, but you've got to have that medical basis. And that's really important because again, an insurance company they're not going to just uh, jump up to the table and throw the money out there without some basis for doing so. And so there's a lot that goes into a minor settlement that may not necessarily relate to an adult settlement. You know, when you're 45, you're 55, and you have an injury. And everybody's able to address it at that point. I mean, you can get scar revision done a lot sooner. Um, Hardware-wise, that could still be an issue if you had a broken bone, it was repaired. Um, but there can be a lot of things. I mean, there can even be an emotional impact, right? A kid getting hurt, seriously. A lot of times we see that creating emotional, mental issues. And, you know, there's a good chance they've gotten counseling 
Are they going to need counseling in the future? All of this is important to consider before settling with an insurance company. Because you have to remember when you settle, you're done. There's no going back to the insurance company. And again, that's kind of the nice thing about it running through court and getting approved because you have to show the judge that everything has been accounted for. And, you know, now there are plenty of minor settlements. We've handled many, many, many over the years. And, you know, generally speaking, we wait till, I mean, we might give it a year until we we start trying to talk settlement. We want to make sure, is this young person going to be okay? Now, sometimes, again, it's pretty evident due to the severity of the injury that they're going to need future medical care. And that's when we get a life care planner involved, get some evidence on the table so that we can maximize that settlement and make sure there's money going forward to take care of the child. So if it's under 35,000, again, you don't have to have court approval, but I did mention it has to go into a special account so that it's protected for the minor. And normally speaking, there's two types of accounts the money will go into. Um, they are either a uniform transfer uh, to minors account or a uniform uh, gift transfer to a minor account. And either one, the adult sets it up and the settlement money goes in there. And the child is a beneficiary of that account. And when they turn 18, they can get the money. Otherwise, the money cannot be taken out. It has to stay in there. And now, you know, if parents are able to demonstrate that they're out of pocket on medical cost, that's something else that can be considered in the settlement. So part of the settlement can be allocated to the parent to reimburse for medical expenses um, or some other part of the uh, care and welfare of the child. But generally speaking, the majority of any minor settlement is going to be placed into one of those special accounts and it's going to remain there until the child is 18. Again, that's under $35,000. If it's over $35,000, then you're looking at one of two options, which is a conservatorship, which is something that is set up through court. There's a conservator that's appointed and the money goes into the conservatorship. And every year there has to be an accounting on the money. And again, when the minor turns 18, the minor gets the money that's in the conservatorship. There's another option. And it's basically what we generally call a structured settlement. It's an annuity. It's purchased from generally a life insurance company. And here's the really cool thing about a structured settlement. So say we've got, again, a five-year-old child. It's been hurt badly. There's been a sizable settlement and the thought that in 13 years, 
this 18 year old, right? This five year old that's going to turn 18 in 13 years is going to get this large sum of money. It's a really scary thought. I know plenty of 28 year olds that probably can't handle a large sum of money. I know personally, it took a, a good amount of time for me to be mature enough to handle money appropriately because let's face it, I know as a guy, as an 18 year old guy, I wanted a cool car. And you know, if an 18 year old boy gets a large sum of money, that large sum of money generally probably isn't headed towards college. It's probably headed towards a Camaro or a Mustang or something similar. You get the idea. It, it can go quickly. And so what a structured settlement is, it's an opportunity for the parent when that child is still a child. So let's go back to our five-year-old. When that child is five years old and there's this money that's coming out of a settlement, the parent is able to come up with a payout plan for that money. And you can do all kinds of things. So, for example, you might expect that your child is going to college and you want to make sure that they're going to have some money coming in in those college years. So you might set up a monthly, a quarterly, a bi-yearly, a yearly payout starting at 18 of some amount of money. And then you think, okay, what are some milestone ages? Maybe 25, okay? You've been out of college for a couple of years. You know, the this young adult now might start thinking about buying a house. Well, might be nice to get a lump sum payment at 25. Then you might think, you know, what's another milestone? 30, maybe. We want them to have another pay out at 30 years old. And then you can go down 35, 40. You can do whatever you want. That's the cool thing. As the parent sitting there with this five-year-old, you can direct how the money is going to get paid out over that child's life. And these structured settlements, these annuities, they are, so generally we are getting them uh, purchased through an insurance company that is a top rated. Um, as the lawyer, we have no involvement in any of that other than to make the connection between the parent and a life insurance company to put that into place. And then the parent works with the life insurance company, comes up with that plan, and the money gets locked in. And the other cool part about it is this. The money, as it grows inside that annuity, grows tax-free. So there's no interest. Excuse me. There's no taxes charged on the interest. There's interest. There, there's a built-in interest rate 
which allows that money to grow over time. So, you know, if you're putting, if you're taking $100,000 and you're buying this annuity and you're having it pay out over years, well, $100,000, you know, may turn into, and I'm totally making up a number, but $750,000 over this kid's lifetime because it starts building interest when it gets purchased. So for one, it may not even get, start getting uh, paid out for years. Again, five-year-old, there's 13 years there where it's just sitting there building. And then it starts paying out, but the principal of the money that was put in there is still continuing to grow as the payouts occur. And so you can take, you know, this certain amount of money now and make it have a much greater impact over this child's lifetime. And it's really cool. And it's really cool that the parent can set this in place, really help this child that has gone through a really traumatic, bad injury situation. And, you know, someday down the road, that child is very thankful that their parents took care of that and put it into place. And I know from personal experience, because I've been doing this long enough that I've had a lot of what were children who are now adults who are now getting those payouts. They've come back around and they've said, thank you, Eric, for helping my parents and me when I was a kid. And, you know, here's what I'm up to. Here's what I've been doing. And it's really cool. It's, it's one of those things where in my world, it's a really cool feeling to know that you really truly helped somebody with their life after a really bad situation. And so these structured settlements, what we always try to tell, um, what we tell the parents, we tell them just reinforce to these kids as they get older, as they start uh, getting these payments, don't break the structured settlement. And what do I mean by that? Well, there are these companies that will come in you may have seen them on TV and they'll say, Hey, do you have a structured settlement and you need the cash now? We'll buy the structured settlement from you and get you your cash now. And this is a really, really sad situation. I, one day I was in court and I witnessed. So, so in order to break these structured settlements, that has to go through court. And a judge has to approve it. But I think generally speaking, now you're dealing with an adult who's saying, I don't want to have this structured settlement anymore. I want cash. And so generally speaking, the judge is going to uh, allow this adult to get out of this structured settlement that they have. But why is this so sad? Because these companies, again, I personally... I heard in court 
when they were running through the details of what it looked like, they, this company took 60% of the principal that was in that structured settlement. So just imagine there was $100,000 in that structured settlement. This company takes $60,000, gives the person $40,000. And meanwhile, if they didn't break it, they would end up with, like I said earlier, $750,000 over their lifetime, a million dollars over their lifetime. Again, depending on how it's paid out and how it's deferred out. So the longer you defer payments, the more you're going to get later in your life. Kind of one thing that we like to encourage with the parents, we say, hey, whenever you're running options on these payouts, put some amount paying out at like 60 years old for your child. So this five-year-old child, let's do something where at 60 years old, they're going to get some amount of money from this structured settlement. And it's, it's mind blowing, right? Because now there's been decades where this money has been growing. And all of a sudden at 60 years old, they're getting this really big chunk of money. And you know, how cool is that? As you're nearing retirement, here you have this chunk of money that comes along from something that happened to you so, so long ago. And so again, you got to watch out for these companies that offer to buy structured settlements to get cash now. It's an absolute ripoff. I hate to see it, uh, but it does happen. So we really, when, when we're sending parents out the door, finalizing all of this, we're like, man, drill it into their heads. As soon as you think they're able to comprehend it, that they can't break this. They don't want to break it. There's no future in breaking it. They want to stick with the plan that you put in place that you felt was best for them to have coming through their lifetime. And the other thing is um, the structured settlements. Uh, so again, uh, the people are always going to get connected with a top rated, strong insurance company. I mean, it is like any investment, right? Um, there's always going to be a little risk. Well, some investments, there's a lot of risk. There's a little bit of risk here just because it's a insurance company. Uh, and by the way, it's kind of cool too. You can utilize an insurance company for a good thing. After you've beaten on an insurance company on this bad thing, um, but there's a little bit of risk. Uh, there's a Missouri guarantee fund, which, you know, if for some reason that insurance company uh, failed, they actually step in and uh, they uh, stand behind up to a certain amount. Uh, it's several hundred thousand dollars at this point. So it's a really low risk way to set the future in place for this injured minor. The other thing is with that conservatorship I talked about, the money that grows in that, well, first off, it basically has to be put into a no interest 
bearing. It has to be the ultimate in low risk. So you're basically putting this in a savings account in a bank and maybe getting a trickle of interest. So it's not growing very much over the years. And the really big downfall is when the child turns 18, it's a free for all. It's their money. And as a parent, you can try to bluff them. You can try to tell them you're in control. But if they want to fight it, legally, it's their money and you have no control. And again, we have seen where we we couldn't get the parent to do a structured settlement. We had a kid that went out. Sure enough, he bought a brand new Jeep with the money that he got. And he was subsequently joyriding around in his new Jeep and he got hit by a train and he was killed. And that's just the reality of it. It's, it's just too much money for an 18 year old to comprehend what's the smart thing to do with it. So those are the basics of a minor's settlement. And again, it does not mean that it's a small settlement. We get, really large settlements for minors. We've seen some really horrific things that kids have been injured through and, you know, it can be a lot of money and it, it takes a lot of different pieces to make sure that everything's put into place so that this really bad circumstance can be the best it can be over that child's lifetime. If they need medical care in the future, they're going to get it, you know, if they're going to need income help because maybe they've got a disability that they'll never recover from. Well, again, they can get payouts over life to help boost their income. And at the end of it, like I say, if it's a over 35,000, going to have to go through as the parent, you're going to go on a witness stand. You're going to be asked questions about the injury, about the medical treatment that's happened, whether or not the child is currently stable. Is there going to be a future need for medical care? You know, you understand that you're waiving your rights to further pursue the claim that once you're done here, you're done. There's no going back. You're not going to get a jury trial, which is the ultimate way to resolve something if you don't settle it, that you're waiving that right and that you're concluding this for your child and that you understand that. And you can do all this on your own and you can deal directly with the insurance company and the insurance company, they'll send a lawyer, their lawyer to court and That lawyer will ask you all the questions, but you got to remember that's an insurance company lawyer. And that insurance company lawyer is hired by the insurance company and the insurance company does not have your child's best interest at heart. They don't. And again, they want to pay out on that claim as little as they have to, to get it closed and off the books. So 
if you or someone you know has a situation where they have a child that's been injured and it's somebody else's fault, I encourage you to do your research. You're always welcome to give us a call. We're happy to talk to you for free and go over the circumstances. We'll see if we think we can benefit you, your child in that situation. And you just don't want to make mistakes with such an important moment in you and your child's life. So that's it. That's a minor settlement in a nutshell. I hope you found it useful. And as I always ask, wherever you found me, please like my page, give us a five-star rating, and please feel free to listen to other episodes of my podcast uh, to learn more about the complex area of personal injury. Because again, I'm just trying to break it down, make it simple for you. Until the next episode, stay safe, stay well.